Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight... Shrinkage is real. Pineapples are hiding something. And Gregory Robinson. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. show for you tonight. Dallas has solved school shootings. We discover the truth behind fruit and inflation now has an evil twin. So let's do this people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. kick things off with inflation. Surprise. <laughs> it's the reason parents are also throwing tantrums in grocery stores right now. For the past year or so, the price of everything we buy has been skyrocketing, right? Because as companies face higher costs to make their products, they have to pass those costs on to the consumers. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, Trevor, can't they keep their prices the same and make a slightly smaller profit? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you're adorable, less profit. <laughs> But it turns out some companies are not raising their prices. And it's not because they're angels, it's because they've found a much sneakier way to make the same profit as before. From the rising costs of inflation to the growing trend of shrinkflation. The next time you're shopping, check closely. This life cereal box recently got taller, but it lost two and a half ounces. That's almost a bowl and a half of cereal. Experts call it shrinkflation. It's a very sneaky way to pass on a price increase. They know consumers will notice a direct price increase, but they won't notice if the product gets a little bit smaller. We found some products. You see the Charmin here. If you look really, really closely, you'll see uh, the size of the rolls went from 396, 396 sheets to 366 sheets. You wouldn't know it. It says super mega on top. And here's my favorite, Gatorade. It kind of grew a waistline here. It used to be 32 ounces. Now it's 20 eight ounces, but it is the same height. You can see it there. Yeah, she's right. That Gatorade bottle's looking good. <laughs> You're like, damn. What you been doing, Gatorade? You stopped drinking Gatorade? But yes, from soda to cereal and even toilet paper, companies are secretly shrinking the size of their products, but you pay the same. And you've probably noticed this, right? Back in the day, you bought a big bag of chips. Everyone ate. 
These days, you open the bag, and there's just one chip holding the sides to make it look big. <laughs> and the worst part about shrinkflation is that if you complain about it, you sound crazy, right? If you're like, guys, I think these double-stuffed Oreos are actually 1.7 times stuffed, people are just gonna be like, all right, buddy, why don't you put on this jacket and get in this white van? We got you. We're gonna find the rest of the Oreos. The toilet paper one is probably the worst. Yeah, because I'm sure, like, like me, many of you, you know how many sheets are in a roll. <laughs> yeah, I do it automatically when I'm sitting there. I'll be like, 394, 395. <laughs> and then it's just like, ah! In fact, you know what, there should be a law. If companies are gonna shrink their products, they should at least have to tell us they're doing it. Yeah, because yeah, right now, right now they're being slick. They're acting like drug dealers, cutting their product to stretch their supply. Now we gotta try to catch them out. Wait a minute, this yogurt is mostly burp poop. You trying to get killed, Trader Joe? You trying to get killed? But let's move on from America's current problem to America's eternal problem, gun violence. This week, Texas released its report on how the Uvalde Police Department handled the school shooting that happened there. And the report concluded that the cops, and I'm quoting here, sucked ass. But the report added that even if the police response had been flawless, it wouldn't have saved most of the kids, because someone armed with an AR-15 style rifle can just do too much damage too fast. So the solution to try and stop the next shooting is obvious. And no, don't say it's banning the AR-15s, that's racist. <laughs> the Constitution is very clear about who has rights in this country. It goes corporations, guns, children, then guns again, <laughs> then the national anthem, then women, but only women who are holding a gun. That's pretty much it. Apparently, apparently, if you're open-minded, there are lots of ways to stop school shootings without getting rid of guns. In fact, check out what this one school district in Texas is getting up to. Here in North Texas, the Dallas ISD is trying something new to keep students safe. It is requiring clear or mesh backpacks for students in 6th through 12th grades. Students will be able to carry a small pouch inside the bag that isn't clear to hold cell phones, money, and hygiene products. Clear backpacks, are they effective in keeping weapons out of schools? Experts say crime does not necessarily go down because of them. Well-intended, but relatively ineffective. You can still hide a weapon inside of a clear backpack, inside of a book, a cutout in a book, inside of clothing. This video shows how easy it is to hide weapons, regardless of having a clear backpack or not. God damn. How many guns did that guy have in his pants? Did you see that? Cause like it started out scary and then at some point it was just like a magic trick. It was just like, oh, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this behind you here, an AR-15. But for real, what are we doing here, people? I'm constantly amazed at how America is willing to get rid of everything except guns. Everything will be considered. All right, let's get rid of normal backpacks. Everything is see-through now. Also, you know what? No more clothes for these kids. Yeah, yeah. They could be hiding the guns anywhere. In fact, now that I think about it, just get rid of all the kids in school. That way the guns can finally go there in peace. I think we solved it. And you know who's really gonna be negatively affected by these clear backpacks? It's all those jocks who are secretly smart. Yeah. Because now they're gonna be exposed. It's gonna be like, wait a minute, Chad. Like, are you carrying out Shakespeare in your backpack? No, dude, dude, it's just to cover my boners, man, I swear. <laughs> Dost thou not believeth me? <laughs> and clearly those things are not gonna stop shootings. There's only one thing that is gonna stop shootings. And we all know what it is. Just cut to the chase and arrest all the weird kids. Yeah, it's not fair and it's definitely not legal. It's not a good idea. 
but it is a good idea. All right, finally, let's talk about the United States Secret Service. The people who wore one tiny earphone before AirPods were cool. Recently, the Secret Service has been all over the news because the January 6th committee wants to know what information they have about President Trump's actions on the day his fans went tailgating in Nancy Pelosi's office. So the committee told the Secret Service, give us all the text messages that you guys were sending that day. But the Secret Service said this. The Secret Service says it cannot recover the deleted text messages from January 5th and 6th of last year. The Washington Post is reporting the agency has no new text to provide to Congress and that any other messages exchanged between agents around the time of the attack were purged. The Secret Service claims these messages were erased as part of a device replacement program, adding any insinuation that the Secret Service maliciously deleted text messages following a request is false. Those Secret Service texts are gone, gone, gone. Gone. Like, really not ever to be recovered. Wow. This is so sad. The Secret Service lost all the texts from January 6th because they were doing a device replacement program. What a perfect, I mean, terrible thing. Oh. Why, why do I feel like this is the same kind of device replacement program you do when your partner asks you to explain where you were the other night? Yeah, I was, I was due for upgrade because of what, uh, what uh, me and Keisha were up to, so I had to, yeah, Apple called me and yeah. And you know, it's interesting how they're saying, once you delete a text, there's no way to retrieve it. Yeah, once they delete a text, it's gone. Because best believe, if any of us lost a text, the Secret Service would find it. Yeah, they would find the shit out of it. You'd be like, oh, I, I deleted it. They'd be like, give me that phone. They'd be like, ha, ah, so this is what you were doing with Keisha. Ah, shit. <laughs> and look, I know many people are angry, saying like, I can't believe the Secret Service isn't handing over these texts. Well, but uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm South African. I just assumed this would happen. <laughs> yeah, that's the Secret Service. That's their job, right? To keep secrets. In fact, if they give you the text, you should fire them, snitch. <laughs> the real question we should be asking is, why are they even texting? Imagine this, the Capitol was being overrun by a mob of Facebook comments come to life. People are trying to hang the vice president and the Secret Service is texting? <laughs> Guys, what is this thing for? <laughs> You're telling me all that shit was happening and someone's using text, they're just like, hey guys, just wanted to warn you, the vice president is in Asia. Ah, uh, sorry, autocorrect, I meant danger. The vice president is in danger, send back, never mind, the problem solved itself. And I know a lot of people think that this was a huge conspiracy, I do, you know? People say that this is proof that the Secret Service was in on the Capitol plot, but it could also be a much simpler answer. You know, maybe they just don't want people to see the texts that they were sending about their boss. Yeah. Like, I, I know I wouldn't want that. Can you imagine being at the congressional hearing and Liz Cheney's like, so Agent Johnson, what did you mean when you texted President Poop emoji is baby crying emoji in car emoji? Be like, uh, I'd rather go to jail, ma'am. All right, that's it for the headlines. But before we go, let's check in on traffic with our very own Roy Wood Jr., everybody. Yeah. What's, uh, what's happening in the traffic? <laughs> what do you want to know? I don't know why what we always... What do you want 
Why do we always have to fight about this, Roy? I want to know what the traffic is, okay? Oh, you, you want to know traffic? Yeah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That is a car. <laughs> when there is a group of them, it is called a traffic. <laughs> so that is a group of traffics all moving around. I mean, honestly, like, like what we really need to be talking about is how the price of gas went down, and that's why traffic went up, because everybody outside driving again. It's terrible. This is terrible. Wait, wait, no, no, wait, wait. Gas going down is terrible. No, you can't say it's terrible. You were the one standing here saying you want the price of gas to go down. That's what you said. When I said that? <laughs> Yo, you said that on the show. On this, I, on this show? I said it on this show? Which other show, Roy? You said it on this show. You can't prove that. We ain't got no tapes. Look, what we need to be talking about... <laughs> What we need to be talking about is this shrinkflation, because that's a serious issue, that shrinkflation. I experience shrinkflation all the time. I be in the drive-thru, I be in the drive-thru, and you see that big, that big burger on the, the picture. They show yeah. you a big, perfect burger, and you go around to pick up your burger, and then the burger is shrink. I don't that's think shrinkflation. That's, I don't think that's it's all types of shrinkflation. And that's, that's just one of the many forms. That's different, but yeah. Like, because it's not just the products that y'all was, that you was talking about just now. There's a lot of different... Sh- let me, let me ask you a serious question. Yeah. Have you noticed that you've been getting less condom? <laughs> like on a three-pack. You buy a three-pack. Have you noticed so, less wait, wait, condom? So you're, you're saying this... Are you saying... Have I noticed that there are fewer condoms in the pack? <laughs> don't... Don't... It's people. Don't make me explain this. That's, like, you know, like when you had like a fitted hat at first, it come down to here, and then it just be sitting up there. Like, out of nowhere, you don't have as much fitted hat. The fitted hat be up here, like, where's the rest of the... <laughs> Do you even use contraception? Do you even understand? <laughs> that's on the road. Right, let's, let's, can we talk about the traffic? Look, here's the other thing about shrinkflation. We don't need to just focus on what's happening now. We got to go back to the source of shrinkflation. The first group of people that started shrinkflation. We got to shut them down, and then that's how you stop all the shrinkflation. The shrinkflation ain't new. This has been going, you know who did it first? The Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts did it first. Don't you trust them little berets? Them Girl Scout, when you used to buy Girl Scout cookies, cookie, the Girl Scout cookie box used to be this long back in 84. Now, every year, shorter and shorter and shorter, the cookies are thinner and thinner and thinner. And that's not right, man. That's not right. Then to add insult to injury, at least, at least with these corporations now, oh, you made the box of cereal smaller, but at least they leave the regular logo and the regular, like, picture of the cereal on the box. You know what the Girl Scouts do? You know what these little... So little evil berets do. <laughs> Not only do the Girl Scouts shrinkflate the box, they charge you more money for less product, then they put a picture on the box of them having a good time with your money. <laughs> How disrespectful is that? <laughs> right, you, want, you want to talk about the traffic now? <laughs> No, I, I feel like uh, we ran out of time once again, Roy. No, we can talk about it. I got time. No, 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 we, we, we good. We got we this. We can talk about it. This always happens, and then we, you know, it's fine. That's my bad. That's my bad. Next, next time? Next time. <laughs> I, next time I got you on traffic, for real. Oh, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm for real, I got you. 
I feel like you promised me this much traffic and then it shrinks down. <laughs> what you just say? Thank you so much, Warwick Jr. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but before we go, don't eat that apple. We'll tell you why after we come back. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. If you spent any time online at all, you know that there are conspiracy theories about everything. The war in Ukraine is scripted. The FBI did January 6th. The Illuminati is real, but Beyonce isn't in it. <laughs> but those are just the obvious ones, which is why we have a special segment that reveals the conspiracies you never even knew about. Conspiracies, they're everywhere. Or are they nowhere? Or is that exactly what they want you to think? So that's where my wallet is. Well, for every they, there's a me. I'm Kevin Matthew Kelp. Follow me as I pull back the curtain to find the truth behind the curtain. This is Project Conspiracy. A lot of the most well-known conspiracies are about what goes into our bodies, fluoride, microchips, spiders the Chinese sent to crawl into our mouths while we sleep. But there might be one government spyware that we've all been overlooking. That's right, fruit. Let's go. Look, every single piece of fruit has a sticker on it. Apples, pears, whatever these are. Even the pineapples. Ow, God, damn. These fruit, ow. These fruit stickers were everywhere, but they weren't the fun kind that say things like grape job or I love you very much. Instead, they were filled with mysterious numerical codes. Granny Smith. How do they know my grandmother's last name? I tried everything I could to crack this conspiracy. I listed every number I could think of, even seven, but it was no use. The codes were unbreakable. If I was ever going to blow this conspiracy wide open, I'd have to go undercover. I love fruit. Just love buying fruit. Just an ordinary guy buying lots of fruit. Yeah, you're probably wondering why I'm buying so much fruit. It's because I'm having a fruit party later. Okay. Unfortunately, you can't come, so. Okay. Yeah, hey, I did notice that on all the fruit they have these stickers. You don't know what that's about, do you? I guess so they can track the fruit or something? Oh my god, she admitted it, run! Who are you talking to? Oh my god. You forgot the fruit oh for my your god, fruit Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Okay, so thanks to my espionage skills, we've established that the codes are used for tracking. But now it's time to find out who's doing the tracking. Does anybody know where these After my usual investigative techniques turned up nothing. Does anybody know where these little stickers come from? I was able to find some answers by hacking the deep state. 
Meet the IFPS, aka the International Federation for Produce Standards, aka a secret global cabal because I've never heard of it before. And guess what? They're in cahoots with the FDA, aka the government. The FDA regulates the adhesives on these stickers and they just so happen to be the same shadow organization that recommends you eat three to four servings of fruit every day. An amount of fruit so ridiculous that anyone who's tried to do it has probably consumed two to three stickers without even realizing it. Are these stickers tracking the fruit? Or maybe they're tracking you. So is the government really trying to trick us into eating stickers? Something every teacher from kindergarten through college told me not to do? There's only one way to find out. Let's see if my stomach can handle the truth. Should've gone with the apple. It was immediately clear that eating the sticker turned me into a walking GPS for the government. Everywhere I went, I was being followed by Big Brother. The police watched my every move. Secret agents pretended to read newspapers. What? Hey! Hey, not so sneaky with your special spy gadget now, are ya? The evidence couldn't be clearer. The FDA is tracking us through fruit stickers. More like the Food and Deceit Administration. That's actually pretty good. I should write that down. God, where'd you come up with this stuff, Kevin? Ah! Ah! And now that I've uncovered the truth, I can't be a part of this corrupt sticker system anymore. And luckily, I don't need the FDA and their spy fruit because some of the best fruit actually is regulated by Mother Nature. Oh yeah. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Tastes like freedom. Yeah. It's a little funky. Okay. It burns a little. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Kevin. All right, stay tuned because when we come back, the director of the world's biggest telescope will tell me what he's found in outer space. So don't go away. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. My guest tonight is a longtime NASA employee who oversaw the program that launched the largest and most powerful satellite into space. For the first time ever, thanks to the James Webb Space Telescope, we're seeing deeper into the universe than ever before. So please welcome Gregory Robinson. Mr. Robinson, 
Watson, welcome to The Daily Show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's I'm really an honor. I'm so excited to have you here because this is one of the biggest stories. You know, everyone saw it on social media. There was a picture of like what seemed like the universe, everything. And then it was like, here's the old one, here's the new one. And then we all had to act like we knew why that was important. <laughs> but you're actually the person behind why it happened and how it, how it got together. So let's start with this. For everybody, everybody to be on the same page, mostly me. Um, <laughs> why is this jump in telescope technology so impressive? And why is it so important? So when we compare, we compare it to Hubble, which was uh, state of the art 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And Webb gives us a much bigger mirror. It's six and a half meters versus 2.4 uh, for Hubble. And the infrared technology, if you think about look, like night vision, yeah. you can see heat uh, uh, through something. Uh, so it gives us infrared capability so we can look through the the dust and clouds and gook of space and look much further back. Uh, of course, our science instruments are a lot more complex too, so the clarity is a lot better and the depth is a lot better. What, what I know uh, is really confusing sometimes when talking about anything in space is that sometimes they say things in terms of time and sometimes they th say things in terms of distance. And it gets a little, you know, they'll be like, we're seeing something from 13 billion years ago. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what, what, what does that even mean? Well, sometimes I say what as well. So, <laughs> so, so we're looking at, at light traveling, 186,000 miles per second. Okay. You could imagine that. So we're looking at light, something that happened billions of years ago, and it's just reaching us now. So it's, it's the time distance travel of light, and that's actually what we're looking at. And so we can see what happened a really long time ago somewhere else out there what do we use this information for? Do, like, will it tell us that aliens like left a long time, now they're already here? Does it, does it tell us where we're gonna go after we destroy Earth? What is it telling us? Well, you know, in, in astrophysics and astronomy, we're always looking to answer questions. Uh, where do we come from? How do we fit into this universe? Are we alone? Which is another one uh, we, we're looking for. So it, it helps inform us on how we fit in, into the universe. And, and as far as light travel, I remember growing up in the country and shining a flashlight up in the sky and said, I wonder how, how long it's taken it to get to certain points. Oh, wow. And, which is same kind of thing as light travel. That's what you're looking for. It's interesting you say that growing up in the country because I, I've read your story and you have one of the most fascinating journeys I've ever come across because you grew up, your parents were sharecroppers in rural Virginia, right? You went to a segregated school. You didn't have the education that you wanted to. And then here you are the man who was brought in to basically get this $10 billion telescope up and running. It was failing before you stepped in. They called you and they're like, we need you to do this. And you did it. <laughs> Where does that love come from and how did you get into this world? So uh, a, a couple of things. One is um, that education in the segregated schools was, was excellent. Uh, wow. We had some of the best teachers in the world. Uh, many of them were far more educated than the teachers in other schools because they couldn't get jobs in industry like they can today. So we had great teachers who really nurtured us and cared about us. Uh, so my beginnings were, were very strong. And so of course I, I lived through the Apollo time. I was a little kid then, which excited me, but that still didn't get my interest in space. So I was in college and, and friends of mine actually did internships at, at NASA and they made it sound, sound so interesting. And a few years later, I started my career in industry, but a few years later I actually joined NASA. And uh, four and a half years ago, um, uh, there were some issues. Um, my boss asked me to, to uh, try to get it over the goal line. Now, I will say a lot of the work was already done, already yeah, completed. Yeah. So uh, thanks to the team for that. 
And this team is an incredibly, incredibly smart team of people, if you could imagine, at NASA. So smarts is never a shortage at NASA, <laughs> and certainly not for this team. And, th and this team is not just NASA, it's our whole industrial base, uh, plus the European Space Agency, mm -hmm, the Canadian mm -hmm. Space Agency, two of our, our big partners. Let me ask you a question, and I, I believe that you, you're retiring soon. Uh, yes, I'm retiring soon. Life comes at me fast. Wow, so, that's, so, that's uh, sad. Because I mean, you, you've been around for so long. Yeah. You've, been, you've been doing such a great job. So, uh, I know NASA's going to miss you. But but because you're retiring, I feel like you could you could probably tell me a few things you wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> like you know when when you're leaving, like so have you have you taken any pictures and then seen something that you like they don't tell us about like. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, let me put it this way. In New York, if you have like a super-powered telescope and you shine it at another person's apartment, you might see some things. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you've seen some things out there, but then you, you don't tell us. Or are these all the pictures? You, you can just <laughs> wink if I'm close. You can... Well, I think your, your telescope in New York example, you probably see something you've already seen before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think in our case, uh, we will certainly see things we haven't seen before, but a lot clearer. And, and we, will, we will learn things that we could never even imagine. So as we answer questions, we also will create new questions uh, for the future. What are we using the answers to these questions to do? You know, I, I, I understand there is some importance to it, but how does it help what happens on Earth? Or what are people hoping we, we'll learn from these telescopes and what they're revealing? Well, one, we learn a lot about physics. And if you think about it, uh, if you go back many, many years uh, and you think of the physics textbooks, um, we have information today that wasn't there then. And, and if you think about, uh, geez, just 100 years ago, mm -hmm. we thought that was just one galaxy in the whole universe, ours. And uh, Hubble, uh, Hubble Telescope mm -hmm. named after him, discovered more galaxies. So we know a lot more about who we are, where we are, where we come from. And so that's on an astrophysics stamp, uh, side. But uh, other science missions tell us a lot about the Earth, our interaction with the sun, how mm -hmm, that impacts mm -hmm. it. So the Earth has a system within our own solar system. I see. So now that you have the James Webb Telescope, I mean, Hubble was until a few months ago, you know, was everybody's bay in space, you know? And then <laughs> I, I just f felt a little, you know, I felt a little sad on, on Hubble's behalf. Everyone's just like, ah, look how shit Hubble's pictures are. And what, what happens to Hubble now? So Hubble has been operating more than 30 years. Yeah. Um, and again, it was a state of the art. It's gonna continue operating. Okay, okay. So there, good. there are still things uh, we, we benefit from Hubble. Uh, so we're still looking forward to a long time operation. Is there something like Hubble that. can do that, that the Webb telescope can't do? Uh, not at the level we're talking about. Okay. Uh, not at all. And just, uh, so you're I don't just know, being nice to, two, to Hubble. Two or three months ago, <laughs> well, two or three months ago uh, uh, Hubble discovered a, uh, a star that was 900 million years after the Big Bang. So wrap that around your head, 900 million years um, after the Big Bang. Now, in, in space, that's still a long time, but when you're talking billions, that's looking back quite a bit. That is really fascinating. I, I, mean, I mean, I just love the idea that, you know, you're part of this mission, you get this telescope, you, you, you know, you have to shoot it up into space and then you, you start taking the pictures. Who, whose job is it to, to stitch the pictures together and to, get, to unblur the pictures? Because when you, when you take the picture, it's, I've heard it basically looks like nothing. That's what I've been told. It's just, it just looks like somebody has shown you a picture of <laughs> night and then somebody sits there and they go like, oh, now I see something. Who, like, who, who's doing that and how do you do it and how do you so, know that you actually so are seeing the, a thing or if it's like, the, so the scientists actually, they know what they're looking at. Okay. Um, and 
so they do some what we call processing to make the pictures look more presentable to to human eye. Right, to idiots. Uh, you can to, say it. I, yeah. I understand. <laughs> you can. Well, I know. I'm, I'm one of those humans too. Uh, thank, thank God. <laughs> no. We, so, no. Uh, so the scientists process it. They use the science instruments, and okay. then they have some post-processing beyond the instruments to make it look like what we've seen uh, recently. Uh, but they actually know what they're looking at when they receive the, the ah, data. Ah, okay, so images. they get it. Yes. We just, we just, they make it yes. simpler for us. Uh, absolutely. So <laughs> I would love to know where your journey goes from here. I mean, you, you've been part of NASA for such a long time. You've been part of the biggest you know, discovery or, or invention that humans have ever created. Where, where to from here? You retire, and then, and then what do you do? So, so certainly Webb is done from a development standpoint. So now it's the scientist's job for the next 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. I know they would do well. Uh, so it's... Um, it's just that time for me. I'm not running from or to anything. It's just time. Um, but after, as I often say, don't let the good looks fool you. I'm still a young man. <laughs> uh, but but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting up there. So, so I still plan to do some, some other things. Okay. Uh, still exploring what I'm going to do when I grow up. I I'm looking, I'm looking forward I to it. I love this. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. explaining it. Thank you for helping create it. Please say what's up to the team. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Thank you so much. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, please consider supporting Keen, an organization providing free fitness and recreation programs for youth with disabilities. If you want to help them offer equal opportunities for recreation, fitness, and friendship, then please donate at the link below. Until next time, stay safe out there, and remember, if your boss ever complains that you're not doing enough work, you just tell them, shrinkflation's a bitch, baby. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.